Thanks for tuning in to Betting the NFL on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, fashion, wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LDR Network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. What is up, everybody? I'm Caleb Ochoa, also known as NFL Caleb 22. Um, I'm here with my guy, Derek, also known as D Weezy. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing today? I'm doing good, good, man. Um, this is betting the NFL wild card weekend. And yes, my team is in the wild card playoffs right now. Playing this week. Um, so we're going to get to it. We're going to uh, recap the week, uh, make our best for this week, and go from there. All right. So last week, week 18, final week of the regular season. It's much more exciting than um, may anticipated it to be. But we'll start with the favorites. They went 9-7 uh, and seven straight up, 6-10 and 10 against the spread. And uh, the home teams. Uh, went eight and eight straight up, and nine and seven against the spread, and the overs actually hit a lot. A lot of points scored this week. Um, that was 11. something I was actually yeah. interested in seeing what you would say because that's something I heard that you know, week eighteen that that there was a bit of a trend behind it that specifically yeah, game for the overs. Hitting. See, and that falls right in line with what I heard. Almost you could bet it blind. Game total overs, week 18, regardless of what team it was. Yep. Under, underdogs hit, uh, home teams hit, and the overs hit. So if you did, if you bet all those, you did pretty damn well this uh, last week. And you know what? I, that I, honestly sounds like, um, you know, we were, we were talking about motivation all last week. You know, what teams would have motivation? Well, you're more likely to have motivation at home. You're likely to have more motivation as an underdog because it's been a bad season. You know, things like that. So I'm not shocked. You know, the overhitting teams having more motivation on both sides or players who are getting playing, you know, unusual amounts of playing time. You know, they're giving 150% instead of 110 yeah, uh, and okay, we'll start with the biggest upset of the week, which came in the Jaguars plus 14, uh, plus 60, uh, 650 on the money line versus the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, look, all the Colts had to do was, was beat this two win lousy garbage Jaguars team, and then they get into the playoffs, but they couldn't do that. Why they couldn't do that? Because you know, Jack. Give them credit. Jaguars came out there. They played great defense. They held Jonathan Taylor to 100 yards. They held him to 77. And Wentz, you know, did what Wentz does. He fails in these big spots. Uh, he didn't. He hadn't won a playoff game. This was essentially a playoff game because they needed this to get into the playoffs. And he fails in those moments. And that's what we saw here. That's why I don't trust it. 
And that's why I'm glad I didn't take this game because I was kind of leaning towards the Colts. I kind of wanted to take that game. But I was like, no, nah. I remember, no, nah, Wentz, Wentz is going to mess this up. And that's what he did. He messed this game up and the, the Colts get, lose this game. But what do you think about this, man? I actually had this game tied up in um, a little round-robin play I put together in the Discord for the LBHT. Uh, Just something I was looking at, you know, more or less uh, the Ravens fans out there, if they felt strong about their chances that the Ravens might get that uh, perfect scenario to get into the playoffs. Parlaying all that stuff together. Me personally, I'd looked at a round robin. You know, I slapped a little bit on it. Uh, I ended up kind of breaking even, but it helped when the biggest, you know, money line dog in the whole thing was the team that came through. You know, really for me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I wasn't surprised. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, yeah, there's some level of surprise, but to a certain degree. Like, no, you do not think that the Jaguars were going to come out and stomp the Colts. What was it, like 28-3? Yeah, final score was 23-20. See, you, no, you don't, yeah. You you hear that score and you go, damn, the Colts just whooped that. Oh, the Colts got whooped. Oh, yeah, um, that'll cause you, you know, rethink some things. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, I just didn't. I just didn't expect it, and uh, but you know, so just just like that happens. But all right, for our next, uh, we got biggest cover against the spread came in. My Cowboys kicking the Philadelphia Eagles ass. Yes, they they were starting their backups. It was, but but so uh, but when that news came out, you get you kind of thought this was kind of an easy bet. Okay, the cow like Eagles have their you know starters out. You know, Cowboys going to have the starters. Uh, so it's like, okay, we're going to bet you should, you should bet the Cowboys because they're going to blow them out because they're playing backups. Um, but you didn't know how long we would uh, leave the starters in there. I mean, we could have taken our starters out whenever we wanted to, honestly. Um, so that that could that, that was pretty much the only question you had, how long our starters going to play. But uh, we, had, uh, we ended up leaving them in there for like three quarters. We just slaughtered them. Um, even our backups scored, like our backups scored like two touchdowns at the end. So even if we had the backups out there, we probably still would have covered this spread. Um, but well, yeah, what do what, you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Like the Cowboys were in control the whole time. You know, I said what I said last week. I was firmly on the Cowboys. Uh, and I think even – even with that news coming out, and I think to a certain hand, the book is trying to take into account week 18 and the possibility that starters aren't playing the whole game and things like that. Um, the the line kept moving in the other direction. Like, it's just even when you heard that players might be potentially coming back that you thought would be out, the line still kept moving in the other direction. You know, I originally got wanted to try and run it at that two and a half that they were offering, ended up having to come back in at that seven and a half after things got voided off because of the uh, COVID announcements for who went the players that went down for Philadelphia. But I didn't ever think that that game was going to be threatened, even at the seven, seven and a half that I was able to get it at. Yeah. Um, just one correction: the the score of the Jaguars 
uh, Colts game was 26-11. I had that wrong. Yeah, so it was more. Oh, of so it was less of an ass whooping. No, it was more of an ass whooping. I said 23-20. It was 26-20. That, that's uh, what I'm saying. It's less of an ass whooping. Still an ass whooping, but just yeah. less of an ass whooping. All right. Uh, for the bad beat of the week, um, if you had, I mean, a lot of money was coming in on the Los Angeles Chargers and the Raiders game uh, finishing in a tie. Now, the usual odds for a tie in a regular, you know, game uh, was is plus six thousand. Um, but since so much money was coming in on this game to for it to be a tie, because of the scenario that if they tied that the the um, Steelers would be out and both teams would get in. A lot of money was coming in. The sportsbook suggested, but it was still at plus um, fourteen hundred. Um, so, so they just like that. But so if you had that, uh, the, the game ending a tie. This was a bad beat because it could have ended a tie. All the Raiders had to do was just let the time run out, and both teams would have got in, and then. You know, the sports books would have lost a hell of a lot okay, of money. Okay, so you so you really believe that the um, that they wouldn't have attempted a field goal or anything, even if they hadn't been able to advance the ball anymore, because they were going to run a play, they were going to try and advance the ball, so they were clearly going to try and kick a field goal. So that here's that's my question to you. So they were clearly going to try and kick a field goal. So one side was clearly not playing. Yeah, I'm not saying they couldn't. I'm just saying they shouldn't have. (laughs) Like, they literally – like, why take the risk of something messing up? You literally have a 100% chance versus a 95% – like, 5% chance of something bad happening. So I'm not saying they weren't going for it. I'm just saying you could have done that. But, see, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, because of the circumstances, more or less – I, th- this is a narrative, and I was watching this game, and I heard the commentators literally try and pump this narrative. Of course, it sounds good in theory, and you know, it'd been a crazy storyline if it had ended in a tie. Like, mm-hmm. I was, I was really hoping that we would see a long field goal attempt, and you know, maybe that wide left, wide right, just short kind of scenario, because that would that would be an incredible story. Don't don't get me wrong, I I wanted to see the tie. Like, I was looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, just – but to say that – I like I said, it was clear that Pittsburgh was going to try and advance the ball and clearly get – at least attempt to get in better a position to attempt a field goal. The Chargers called a timeout. It wasn't a situation where, like, the Chargers could have stopped the clock and preserved more clock. Yeah. So yes, it makes sense that okay, you stop. You basically stop the play so you could ensure you got what personnel you wanted in, what play call you wanted in. Um, and yes, the tie was. See, I think not enough people have watched games and specifically overtime games where you see it half the overtime tick off because it's only a ten minute period. We're so mm-hmm. accustomed to the fifteen minute period that you know. It takes X amount of time to run, you know, a seven, eight play drive. You can run a seven, eight play drive and not get in field goal range and have to punt to the other side and burn three and a half minutes off a clock, four minutes off a clock. Well, that's almost half the period in overtime. You know, 
you have a couple punts in OT, yeah. you start potentially looking at a tie because you're talking about a 10-minute span. So, yes, I think it would have been a great storyline. I would have loved to have seen it just for the simple fact that the two teams that tied made it into the playoffs, and if one would have simply won the game, a whole separate team would have made it into the playoffs. Like it was just, uh, it'd have been, it'd have sucked to have been a Steelers fan. Out, like, oh man, you talk about that would have been your bad beat right there. That's the difference. Yeah. That's what this tie would have meant. That was the difference in being the bad beat, being betting on the tie, and the bad beat being being a Steelers fan. <laughs> Exactly, man. All right. For my picks uh, last week, I went – finally had a winning week. It's been a long goddamn time since I had a winning week. Finally got one. Three and two. Um, my best pick was the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. I had the Lions plus two. I knew Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to play that long. Uh, and I, I just followed the trends of what was uh, happening this season. The Lions, every time they get their ass kicked the next week, that's when they played hard. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, they played played hard. They played tough. Played Packers. Even when Aaron Rodgers was in there, they were still, you know, keeping it close. They were still going toe-to-toe. And then, you know, Jordan Love went out there. Um, and, you know, he went out there and lost the game. And that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought the Lions would uh, outright win this game. And they did. Um, but, yeah, what did you think? Um. Yeah, I was able to catch some of this game. I was uh, bouncing back and forth between a couple games uh, at the time. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely competitive the whole way. You know, that was something we were talking about coming into this game, and uh, that's something I expected to see when the team, you know, when Detroit was out there. Uh, a neat little storyline I happened to catch just because the game's uh, – I didn't. I didn't get catch much about it, but apparently there was some uh, family matchup or brother matchup taking place. Uh, Saint Brown. Uh, there's a there's a oh, player yeah, for. Receivers. Yeah, uh, there's a player for Detroit Lions and a player for the Packers, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it was the parents sitting in the stands. They got a custom yeah. made jersey that's this mix of it's like done at the seam, but it's like. Detroit sleeves and the Packers chess piece. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just really something awesome to see. And then you get this competitive game and everybody's on the field, you know, busting ass. And you know, like like we said, they was motivated getting out there. And it being that divisional game, I'm pretty sure there was some people on the Packers side that were motivated to go out there against the Lions. Yeah. Uh, so I got that one right. Uh, mostly I got my, my picks pretty much right on because I had like two other games. I just picked the outright upset. Um, all three of my wins were outright upset, so I was happy about that. What I was not happy about was me picking the Chiefs minus 10 against the Broncos. Um, I should listen to myself the whole – I mean, I've been saying the whole season that I don't trust Chiefs yet. I still bet them last week. Uh, I, I just needed to listen to myself. I'll watch shows back, and then I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have bet this game, but I did. I mean, the Broncos probably should have won this game if they don't fumble uh, right, you know, when they're in the red zone and they, you know, Chiefs don't get that scoop and score. You know, I think the Broncos will win this game because if they get that touchdown, they go up two scores, and I'm not sure if the Chiefs come back from that. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty bad uh, pick from me. Um, 
what do you think about this result? Uh, I didn't see this game, but I completely agree with what you said, uh, especially at towards the beginning of the season. That was something I pointed out about this Chiefs team. Um, I believe it was the Browns, possibly. It was week one or week two. They had an early matchup where literally they won the game because of two late turnovers by the other team that they were able to rack up 14 points in what ended up being like a 21-point quarter. Like, it's not a question of the ability this team has, but at at a certain point, it's the question of consistency. And you've seen the games where they hadn't been able to pull it together for that late quarter push and, you know, some wacky play happen and catch that bounce their way. Like, this season, we've seen what happens when the ball bounces the other way. Uh, And the Chiefs aren't as dangerous as we want to believe and as we've seen them be at times. All right. Uh, How did you do, man? Um, What was your record? Uh, I went uh, went two and three on the week. That seemed to have been basically my consistent, you know, uh, consistently on the week. Two and three, you know, going into typically that Monday game, Sitting on two and two, looking to try and fall on the right side of the line. Yeah. Oh. All right, man. Um, we're going to get into this week's pick, playoff uh, wild card weekend. But for that, um, some things to look out for this week. We have five of the six games are rematches. Um, only one not being is the Niner Cowboys. Um, and also first ever uh, Monday night game. So, you know, you got a little extra time to get one more bet. If you didn't do so well on Saturday and Sunday, you got one more chance on Monday to try to recoup your losses. And yeah, uh, all home teams are favored. Um, I'm pretty sure um, this weekend. So, uh, that, that, you know, something to look out for. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll give my first pick. And my first pick is. Uh, Bengals minus six at home against the Raiders, taking the Bengals because I mean there's a lot better than Raiders. Raiders barely squeaked by uh, the Chargers last week. Um, they played all they played five quarters, so that has less time. And this game is on uh, Saturday, so they're going to be on a short week, and they're going to travel to the East Coast time zone. That's never good for a West Coast team. They a lot of the time that uh, they put they, those teams that are traveling that far. They played bad. Um, they put pretty much all they had into uh, last week um, trying to get into the playoff. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are just on fire right now. I really don't see the Raiders having, you know, the guys in the secondary that in the secondary that can handle them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they just – they don't have the – they don't have the talent to compete with the Bengals right now. So, yeah, the, the Bengals aggressive Austin is going to win this game. It's going to—they're going to cover the spread. I don't think this game is going to be close, and so I'm taking the Bengals minus six. What's yeah, I'm right there with you on the minus six. Um, I agree with you. I think we could see another game like the Chiefs Raiders, where it was that big blowout. You know, it was something crazy like fifty-two to nineteen. Um, it may the Raiders may have even scored less than that. Um. But, yeah, I think this game could definitely get out of hand early. Um, I'd, I'd have to double-check. Uh, I believe Mixon should be fairly ready to go. Uh, if not, 
I don't want to say fully healthy because I can't really – I don't think you can use that term on too many players in the NFL right now. Yeah. There might be one or two guys on every team that you could say is fully healthy. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to contain Jamar Chase. Uh, I think Burrow, he's he might come across as cocky, and, yeah, he probably is a little bit but he's also gone out and delivered. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing you don't want somebody like with a mindset like that to do. That's how you get that uh, not necessarily invincible mentality, but you tell yourself the greatest and then you go out there and do it. Well, prove me wrong. And so, you know, you get hot in the playoffs. That's the type of, you know, you may not win the Super Bowl, but that's the type of run that it'll get you to a championship game. It'll get you to a Super Bowl game, you know. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm behind the Bengals minus six on this uh, going into this weekend. All right, my next pick, I got uh, the Buffalo Bills minus four at home against New England. Uh, uh, the the and the and the first two matchups, you know, you got one game. When the Bills, you know, lost due to the bad weather, Josh Allen couldn't really, you know, get going because, you know, ball was just going everywhere in that bad win. But in the second game, I think this is what the, the, this game is going to more look like, where Josh Allen was more able to play like himself. Um, they, they won the game by double digits. And the Bills just have more talented team, better weapons. Um, you know, the Patriots aren't really working with a lot on uh, on their offensive side. Um, Mac Will, Mac Jones uh, didn't play well either of the two games. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows he only, only threw three times like the first game and then threw for less than uh, 200 yards in the second game, two picks. Um, so, yeah, they, I just don't believe the Pats really have the power, firepower to keep up with uh, the Bills and they can't and, and won't, won't be able to cover this four-point <laughs> spread. Um, yeah, what you have on this game? I'm on the other side of this game, actually. Uh, okay. I'm a believer in coaching staffs uh, to a certain degree, especially when they're proven. And that's one thing you can say with Belichick and New England. When it comes to things like playoffs, these teams do not mess around. They can be, you know, we've seen New England make runs deep in the playoffs with teams that we thought were lesser teams. And at the time, yeah, it may have been things like, you know, it's, you know, a Tom Brady maybe carrying some players. That's the thing. They always had Tom Brady, though. Fair enough. But when, how many times they've been to the playoffs since not having Tom Brady? Zero. Okay. So that's what first I'm getting time. at. This is the first time. So, you know, yes, that's a possibility, but that's not necessarily something we can rely on and look at. And Bill and Belichick has shown that he ain't exactly no fool with or without Tom Brady. Um, But, yeah, I just – I think, you know, this team has played well. They've played consistently. They know how they need to play. Josh Allen has been fading, in my opinion, towards the later – towards the tail end of the season. Um, Like, I just – I think New England – if New England loses, they'll cover. That's, uh, That's how I see this game, more or less. If New England doesn't win straight up, they'll cover on the spread. Because I believe, um, I want to double check what I got it at. I think it was plus four. Yep, plus four is where I got it at. 
I got it minus four. Um, so we different sides on that one. Um, but the next game we got, I well at least I got Philadelphia Eagles. I have them plus nine. I guess Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That doesn't necessarily mean I think they're gonna win. So I think they will lose. Cause I, you know I think you know Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I think they'll the Bucks grand cover. I think the Eagles will cover the spread. Um. They were a seven-point underdog last time they played, and they were able to get that backdoor cover uh, in a loss to uh, Bucks in 39. But, and uh, Bucks have some injuries, you know, and they have to deal with, you know, they lost some offensive weapons like, you know, Godwin, you know, obviously everybody knows about Antonio Brown leaving. So, you know, if Brady doesn't, you know, have total full, uh, uh, you know, all his weapons with them. Uh, and the Eagles, you know, they're limited, uh, you know, passing. I get that, but you know it's it's kind of you know hard to prepare for um, you know this college style offense that they've been doing. You know if you're not you used to you know facing that all the time, you know it might come up and surprise you. So that's why I kind of think it, it's going to be a little hard, you know tough for the page uh, for the Buccaneers um, to deal with. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I like it to uh, be similar to how the Bucks played the. Uh, Washington football team last year. Uh, it was kind of a close game, hard-fought game, because um, they didn't really know how to deal with Heineke, and I kind of feel like it's going to be uh, similar to that, where they kind of don't really know how to deal with this type of offense. And, and you know, I think the you know, they'll still win, but the Eagles will cover the plus-nine spread. Say so Again, I'm on the other side of this one. Uh, I kind of don't really agree with your comparison there on, uh, you know, like with Heineke, he more or less operated out of broken plays, and yeah, I'm not. I'm really... not saying like uh, it's, uh, comparing the off their offenses. I'm just saying they didn't really prepare for like that. They didn't well, that really that but that's what I'm kind of getting at. Heineke, in a nutshell, was more or less broken plays, and that's not something you can game plan around. Yes, you know, you try and prepare your team. Like here's what we're gonna try and maintain. You know. Stay with the wide receivers. Don't break after the quarterback if you see him outside the pocket type. You know, I'm just – I like I said, and it may, this may just be, you know, difference of opinion because I'm on the other side mm-hmm. of this one. Uh, but um, Hertz has basically been this offense in the same way you've seen a Lamar Jackson and in the past at times like a Cam Newton uh, sort of carry offense and push offense. uh. I think in a lot of ways that's what's happened in Philadelphia and Hertz being banged up. Maybe, you know, not necessarily saying the bright lights get to him, but you know, it's first time in the playoffs, things like that. Like, yeah, it's a different setting. It's, you know, pl- players admit it, you know, after the fact, you know, down the line, you know, play, plenty of players have admitted it, you know? Yeah. That first game, that first quarter, first half or whatever, you know, it's different. Yeah. You know, it gets to you a little bit. So mm. I think, uh, you know, we got better coaching on Tampa's side, better yeah. roster. Uh, you know, Tampa's been playing well, even with all the injuries and things they've been dealing with. Mike Evans uh, should be good to go. Fournette's coming back. Gian- uh, Giovanni Bernard, you know. As as a one Ferris might say, you know, UNC great Giovanni Bernard. Uh, 
But yeah, so uh, I'm going to be with Tampa minus the nine and a half. I think they win by double digits. Okay. Well, we're getting a little little difference for those two picks, but we'll we'll see if we have the same on this one. All right. Uh, We got 49ers at Dallas. I have my Cowboys minus three at home. And this, uh, we, we, we beat up on uh, less talented teams. And that's why I believe the Niners are. I think they're less talented than we are. Um, that's what we're used to uh, beating up on. Jimmy G's not as good as Dak. You know, the defense and the offensive weapons they have, I don't think they compare to the Cowboys. The only advantage they have, you know, they have Shanahan's scheme, which is a running scheme. And I, I think, I, I believe we'll be able to minimize that if we take an early lead and we force Jimmy G to have to throw the ball and he's going to be having to throw the ball against the, uh, the top turnover team in the league. Um, you know, we have the most interceptions. We know how to, how to turn the ball over and Jimmy G is prone to making mistakes like that. And if we do that, I believe in a win. We'll cover the spread. And yeah, don't forget that the Cowboys is still at the top of the league when it comes to covering against the spread. They're thirteen and four, and uh, uh, for the season, five and one in the last six. That's why I think the Cowboys uh, will win and cover the minus three. See, I think Kyle Shanahan was preparing for this moment when he was at the draft, and all this talk about we were not knowing if we're gonna be alive on come Sunday, and. It's good. You know, this is why they drafted Trey Lance. Nah, forget all of that. I'm with Dallas minus three because I do not – a lot of what you said, you know, I don't feel this team has the weapons and what it takes to beat Dallas. Um, I do, you know, one of those instances instances where I think maybe they have the better coaching. But, you know, we've seen Kyle Shanahan do a lot with that team and especially this roster – I just don't think he's going to be able to do enough and generate enough points and control the game well enough uh, for them to be able to have a scenario where it's likely they win. You get more into some sort of shootout where either you got to keep up or put up points, that's going to favor the Cowboys. That's going to favor away from what Shanahan and their offense with the 49ers is going to want to do. And, it being such a low spread, which kind of shocked me, uh, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's the book. Maybe it's because it's a public team and they know that number is going to get bet up some. But I was saying it last week. You know, that number came out at minus two and a half, and I was all over it. I wasn't letting that slip by. Now, of course, I wasn't able to ride with that. But, you know, they put it out at seven and a half, and I wasn't letting that go by. You know, I seen this number come out. They minus three. Yeah, give me that right there. You know, I said it a couple weeks back. You know, you don't get in front of a hot team. And you go into the playoffs winning. You go into the playoffs hot. That makes you a dangerous team. Yeah. And also another factor is that uh, both, you know, Shanahan and Dan Quinn were on the same staff, you know, that uh, on the Falcons. So I think Dan, Dan, Quinn, Dan Quinn knows his offense, knows what, what, what he's been scheming up. That's um, a possibility because you know, that was something I heard thrown around a little bit when uh, the Panthers and the Cowboys played. You know, Dan Quinn being with the Atlanta Falcons for that stretch. He is, you know, seen up close and personal twice a year 
the Carolina Panthers and what their roster and personnel is mm-hmm. capable of, not just from a statistic standpoint, but from a physical on the field performance standpoint. Yeah, so I, I think he'll, he'll know how to put his players in position to, you know, counteract um, Canaan's run schemes. So there's that. All right, the next game we have is the Arizona Cardinals at Los Angeles Rams. Cardinals are plus four, and that's exactly what I'm taking. I'm telling them uh, plus four in this game because uh, I don't trust Stafford. I mean, I mean, Stafford never wins in big spots like um, he hasn't won a playoff game. Um, I think he's just a loser. I think he's a loser quarterback. He makes pretty stats, but that's all he got. Um, he throws, he's been throwing a ton of picks this season. Um, I think he uh, continues to do that in this game. And Cam Jones is going to get after him. He's going to force him to make those mistakes. Um, and then both regular season matchups, uh, the underdog won. And the Cardinals are the underdog, so I'm taking them. And in the first game, it was a four-point spread. Second game was three-point spread. So it's pretty much spread just right in line with those other ones. So I think uh, you can take that into account. And the Cardinals are eight and one uh, against the spread on the road this season. And yeah, I, mean, I think as long as Kyle Murray can, you know, avoid Aaron Donald uh, for a little bit, uh, I think they can um, get the outright upset in this one. And I agree with you. I'm on the Arizona plus the four. Um, I was kind of shocked this wasn't closer to a pick em. Um, you know, Basically, they're kind of saying if this was at a neutral site, this would almost be a plus, you know, this would be a Arizona plus six and a half plus seven type game. Yeah. And I don't see them. And I'm not basing this off of the things like, oh, like a J.J. Watts coming back. No, I mean, like as is, as they have been the past couple weeks, uh, they're not a touchdown underdog against a team like the Rams. Especially um, in the divisional rivalry. Like, that's always going to be, like, back and forth, close game. Exactly. You know? I would have expected this number to come out closer to a two-and-a-half, three, and maybe worked its way up to a four or worked its way lower. But to come out at plus four, I think they're expecting. And it could just, you know, be trying to maybe work that, you know – uh public money, people coming in on the Rams, you know, uh, things like that. Um, Maybe driving that number up a little higher, but plus four with a team like Arizona, who's been fairly hot, who, you know, for the most part has been fairly healthy. The people, you know, the few injuries they seem to have that were going to be cleared up, uh, you know, that, that was already handled a week or two before the season ended. You know, it's not you got somebody coming back for their first game. I think that's something that the Titans are going to have to deal with, with Derrick Henry. And, you know, I don't recall how much uh, field time, if any, he saw this past um, week. But that's something, you know, he's going to have to face. Uh, and, you know, that's just something you can't predict. Uh so, yeah, Arizona, the position they're in, underdogs, give me the four. They've been be- probably the best road team all season long. Yep, I feel confident taking that plus four. All right. Uh, last game we got is the Pittsburgh Steelers at Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are minus 12 and a half. 
and I will take that. I'll, I'll lay the points there because I just feel that the Steelers have no shot in this game. Um, not even to cover because, you know, uh, you, you can look at uh, the last matchup. I mean, um, the Chiefs, you know, blew them out 36-10, and 10, and they were a 10-point favorite then. Um, so the 12-point favorite now, I think it's pretty much going to be a similar game to that. They're just going to blow them out because the Steelers just have no – you know, no offense, you know, they did because Roethlisberger is old and broke down. He can't throw like he, all he does is they throw these 10, 10 yards or less, you know, balls. He has no deep ball and that that's not going to score points. So they're not going to be able to, you know, manage to even get enough points to cover the spread. So uh, I think you mean 40 attempts them. for 170 yards at no winning yeah. recipe in the NFL. <laughs> no. Nah. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't think they can do much against them. Um, and the Chiefs, you know, if you just go with a lot of trends, they've been pretty good against the spread. Six and two uh, against spread in the last eight games. So, just going with that, Chiefs minus 12 and a half. What's yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I expect a big game. Uh, if you can find an alternate spread, maybe something that even goes even higher, Chiefs giving up points, I'd be, I mean, wow, if a, if a, if a book's willing to offer you that, because that number will be priced well, uh, I would I would be shocked if it was anything under like plus two hundred. If you found like a minus sixteen, minus seventeen, mm-hmm. um, something I was thinking about uh, earlier in the day was, you know, quite often you think about potentially taking a a Super Bowl futures maybe a team or two and hedging out a little bit. Uh, well, if the Chiefs is one of those teams you're thinking about, I almost wonder if it'd be cost efficient to some degree. Uh, hold off on playing them this week, even if you feel like they're your favorite, because if they have a bad game against Pittsburgh, that number could go up. You know, we're all expecting this blowout against Pittsburgh. If they go out and only win by a touchdown, you know, eight, nine points, people might view that as this bad, god-awful game like it's not a playoff game and people don't show out. So you might be able to find more value holding off on playing a team like Kansas City just because of their inconsistency. Uh, Because I know when I looked, I think the number was around plus 400 to win the Super Bowl uh, at the time. Uh, I could be wrong. That may have just been the the AFC odds, but I believe it was the Super Bowl. Uh, but either way, you know that's not very high. And they, you know, they have that bad game against you know a team like Pittsburgh. You might see that jump seventy five points, a hundred points. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, if you already feel like that's your favorite, you know, go ahead and hedge that potential play now because if they win, that number's not getting any lower. Really, I mean. Okay, it was plus four fifty. If they win, what it might be plus three hundred. They're not going to be the top favorite, you know. They're not the number one seed, so they're not going to be the top favorite even going into the next round. So you're still going to see like a strong. I'd be surprised if it was closer around like a plus two eighty, lower to you know closer to three hundred. But yeah, you still gonna you still gonna see the same rough uh rough amount of value what you're seeing now. And then you also have that, you know, that team that you hedged with pre-playoffs where you might be seeing plus 900, 
plus 1100 on a second round team. All right, man. Um, you got anything else? Any other picks? Uh, no, the, yeah, uh, I'm not on any props at the moment. Uh, that yeah. may be something I look at closer to uh, game day, just with the way, you know, how stuff comes out. Um, with COVID and everything in the playoffs, I think that might be the best way to approach the props. Because uh, not, not necessarily that you lose money, but you don't want to get into a scenario where uh, you're potentially handicapping a game and, you know, more or less you're thinking about these props and you start getting a little, not even if you hadn't made the plays, getting a little too invested mentally thinking the game's going to go one way. And come Saturday, Sunday, with it, you know, come Monday, if that player isn't there, that might drastically change how you feel or think about the game, you know. Because a lot that it's about, you know, that's why I t- try to tell people, you know, handicap the game how you think things are going to go. Evaluate it for yourself because mm-hmm. – your opinion of a, a certain player or a certain, you know, assortment of players could vary from someone else. You may more, kind of like boxing. Not everybody agrees the same pound for pound fighters. Uh, you know, their orders are different. Rankings are different. So, you know, that it definitely with these playoff props, you know, the numbers are typically sharper around this type of year, less going on. Um you know, you would like to get on it as early as possible, but with things like, you know, COVID in the world and proto- and the protocols in place, uh, it could just be best holding off until that last moment when you know potentially everybody that's starting, not only from a health uh, perspective, but who's going to be allowed to start. Yeah. All right. Before we go, I have some over and unders for these games. Um, the first one I got is a Bengals um, and Raiders game. I'm going to take the fo- over 49. Uh, I think, uh, yes, the Bengals are going to uh, beat them pretty bad. I think they're going to get up early. But I think the Raiders will come back late and will hit that. The Bengals over. might score yeah. more than 49 themselves. Yeah, probably. Um, but if they don't, if they just get like a 28-0 lead, um I think the Raiders can, you know, they do have an offense. The Raiders still do have good, you know, good offensive weapons. You know, they could put up points. Yeah, I could see a 35-17 game. Yeah, I I think they can, you know, backdoor, hit the over um, in the the garbage time. Um, So I'll take the over 49. Um, Bill's Pats, uh, I have over again. Um, And you wouldn't think it over considering the first game. More points to struggle, but in the second game, you saw more points scored by the Bills. And that first game was an anomaly. I don't think you can really include that in many sort in any sort of real trends or you know comparisons. Like you said, it's sort of you know just like the standalone occurrence. Yeah, and you know that's yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I was saying, like I said before, I think like it to more the second game. Um, and forty-four is small number. Uh, I think it's small enough so that I think it can hit the over. Yeah, I agree um, with you there. I think uh, that's one of those ones. The number isn't high enough to really investigate the under. And I'm traditionally an under better. I'm sitting here thinking about it like, you know, you're talking four-point spread. So you're talking about this game being like 
23, 19, 22, 18, something crazy like that. You know, 24, 20, right there on the nose. Uh, you know, like, there's not too many ways you can get under that figure. I, you know, I think both these teams, you know, they're going to put up a couple touchdowns, a couple field goals, you know, get in that 21 to 24 point range. Uh, so, yeah, I just... I think it's either a no play or you go or you look to the over on that one. Yeah. All right. In the Bucks uh Eagles game, uh I got the under. Um, considering how much the Eagles run the ball, I think they can more control the ball and you know, waste the time down and uh won't be as high scoring. Uh Brady's kind of been struggling with the uh, the weapons he has, uh, not scoring too many points. Um, and it's 49. It's pretty high. Um, so I think it's high enough where I can take the, the under on this game. I actually agree with you, even though I think that the Bucks will cover that spread. I think there will be more running. And uh, like I said, you know, Fournette will be back. Giovanni Bernard will be back. We've seen them uh, still have some level of success out of Ronald Jones uh, with the run game when they've need, when they've called upon his name. Uh, I do think, you know, the Philadelphia will try and run the ball, uh, and so that'll help bleed off time. Uh, but I see a situation where they're not successful running the ball. So I think especially early on, they're going to want to try and run the ball and stick to, you know, they, they're going to come in with the game plan that, you know, a way to attack Tampa, but I think they're going to try and stick with that run game and work the ball that way. And so that more so plays into that under, kind of like what you're saying. Uh, With this game, I could see you could potentially look into like a team point under on Philadelphia. I'm on the other side of this one. You know, you might feel – you might think this is a game where uh, you you take the over on the Philadelphia team point uh, because you think they'll cover that spread. Uh, So at a certain point, you start asking, you know, how many points do you think Tampa can really score? Because are they talking about it being a 10-point game? You know, if that team point total for uh, um uh, for the Eagles is, you know, around 17, which is potential, I think. I've been, you know, I was poking my head in and out no, on team totals all like season. 27-20. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, like, from your perspective, because, you know, you think they can cover that large spread, if that team totals, you know, 17, 18, you might want to jump on the over there. Me on the other side, you know, I think it kind of – the points will be roughly in that same range, but more a 27-13 game. Uh, So, you know, but I, I might look more towards that team total under with Philadelphia. So, you know, definitely your perspective on the game does come into play, but that's one way of, you know, finding some different angles where you're creating opportunities and more outs for yourself. And also, even, you know, even if you play both, you go with the spread and the team point total, not, you know, not parlaying them together or anything, just playing them separate. Both can hit, you know, regardless of how things go. 
And so you're just you're creating more more openings and opportunities for yourself without even hedging against yourself. Uh, um, next game I got is Cowboys uh, Niners game, and it's big numbers fifty one, and I'll, that's why I'll take the under on this game because uh, usually when the Cowboys besides the Buccaneers game, uh, a lot of the time when uh, Cowboys um, play a good team, they don't score that as many points as we usually do. Um, especially with the way that uh, the Niners are going to run the ball. I believe we are going to run the ball because I think that's the way to beat them if we run the ball. So both teams running the ball, I don't think that, that equals up to a, a whole ton of points. It's not like it's, it's going to be an air raid you know, type of game uh, where they're going to be putting up a lot of points all over the place. So that's why I'll take the under here. Yeah, I definitely see a more smash mouth type game. Uh you know, kind of what we were saying with Philadelphia, you get more into that run game when you're more dedicated to the run game. Uh, you burn that clock off more. And especially in the first half when you're less likely to use timeouts and things like that, if that score doesn't get to a certain point, it's high, It's it's pretty difficult to reach some of those higher numbers. Like, because it's, that's, a, that's a certain range where you start talking about if you were trying – if you were to try and entertain a conversation about trying to take the over, you know, you need first half points. you got to have them. You know, there's no way around that. And if you don't get that, there's no way that over's hitting. So if you feel like this is going to be a more smash mouth game, especially in the first half, and it's going to be an ugly first half, even if these teams come out and put up 20, 24 points apiece, that's still only 48. You're not covering that total. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right. Um, and the Kansas City Steelers game, uh, I also have the under just because I don't think the Steelers will score any Well, points. it takes both teams scoring points exactly. to hit it over. both teams and the Chiefs and they score all the points, probably in the 30s, and Steelers won't really score anything. So uh, I have the under 46 and a half uh, is the total there, so under in that one man it would be crazy and i i would i would love to see what the odds would be potentially be but um for kansas city and cincinnati to cover the game total over with their team point total from the day because i potentially think we could see another instance where you see some 50 point scores going up uh I mean, there's the firepower to do it. That's for sure. You know, so, yeah, I definitely, with that game, like you said, the Chiefs could go out and put up 35, 40 points by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Pittsburgh could fall over into 10 points. Yeah. And the, you were just talking about, like, these 50-point games and, you know, big explosive games and having the offensive power. That's why I'd see in this next game, the Cardinals and the Rams, because I think both offenses do have that type of firepower to do uh, put up a lot of points. That's why I'll take the over 49 and a half in uh, that game. I, I think it will be a back and forth battle. And I think uh, Kyle Murray and Matt Stafford are capable of, you know, throwing all over the field and scoring a lot of points. So I like the over. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, two explosive offenses, like you were saying, um, both teams know how to utilize 
their personnel well, whether it be, you know, n- neither team I, th- I think anybody really thinks of as having much of a run game, but they can hit you in the run game if they try to. Um, I'm not sure the full running back situation in uh, Arizona. I don't know if Chase Edmonds or uh, Chase Edmonds his uh, health status, but you know, like I said, you know Murray his uh, running ability, uh, that dedication where they may not run the ball as often, but they don't abandon it just completely. You see, you know, yeah, it's a running back by committee in L.A but they know how to utilize their running backs to fit their offense. Uh, Even if it's just a designed, you know, little short dump to the running back or a short screen or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, those explosive offenses, that's where you see some of these 30, 40 point games that back and forth quick scores. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all the bets we have um, in this uh, for this weekend. Um, you know, good good luck to everybody. Um, that's the show. So where where you can find people find you out there? You know, you can find me at uh, dweatherly ninety on Twitter. Uh, like I say, you know, every week, uh, lunch break hot take. Wednesday, round eight, eight o'clock, I come on and do the lunch break uh, lunch money bets segment. Um, like I said, keep your eyes and ears open. I do have plans to be dropping a YouTube channel here in the very near future. So yeah, I look to, you know, bring a little bit more content, uh, maybe not just some betting things, but, uh, definitely, you know, sports inspired, you know, maybe a little bit more on the variety side, um, when it comes to not just sports stories, maybe a little bit more, not necessarily off the field, but in-depth behind the scenes of the sports players and more daily lives, routines, things along those lines. But I'm, you know, always coming up with ideas and things that I might go with, so there's no telling what you might come across. All right, man. You can find me at NFLKale22 on Twitter and Instagram. Um you can find my articles on the website, let's get ready network.com. Um, you can find uh, me on the channel on Good Friends, Better Rivals, our episode talking about the wildcard weekend, who we think is going to win, uh, is up right now on the channel. And like and subscribe. And hopefully, you can uh, watch us on Friday, which is our 100th episode celebration of the Showdown Crackdown. That is our main show. Um, so hopefully you can come uh, by and uh, watch for a little bit. We're going to be on for a little while, so I'll be come visit us. But yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully you guys, uh, everybody wins this week. That's what we're trying to do. Trying to help y'all win. Trying to help ourselves win too. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week in the divisional round. And we'll be picking those games. Um, and yeah, we'll be betting those games there. All right, guys, see you next week.